0: This is Susanna Hills' podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your hearts, and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. And I really am excited for what God wants to do in and through us. And as I was driving, um, it's the first time, sorry to say, the first time I've ever been in, and now you're going to understand my roots, I don't call it Clarksdorp, it's Clarksdorp means, sir. Huh? So uh, just getting this pronunciation correct, the first time I've been to Clarksdorf, and um, I was just, as I was driving today for a very long time on the N12, um, just struck by all the minds. I think I just didn't even realize where I was driving and where I was coming. And uh, I just felt the, the Holy Spirit drop in my heart that this is a place of hunger where people have been digging deep for a long time. That this is a place where the Spirit of God is welcome. And when I say this place, I'm not just talking about this church, but this area and this region and the churches represented. That there are people that are hungry. And as those minds, they, they go deep down to look for precious, precious metals and precious stone. And God says, you have been digging well. And you have been hungering for the true things of God. Not the religious not the 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 false but the truth of what it is that God wants to do and I believe that as you I'm not too sure but I'd imagine there's lots of gold and diamonds that are being mined that you wouldn't you would you would mine something that is greater than gold and diamonds that you would mine and through your hunger you would release revival where that which is dead will come alive And uh, that just leads me into uh, what I'm feeling for us. And I've been feeling this throughout the year and I've had the opportunity to share it in different places. But you don't need to be a prophetic person. You don't necessarily even need to be a believer to know that we are living closer to the coming of Jesus than any generation before us. And I think the events that we have been part of in the world has shown us more and more the signs that are spoken about in Matthew 24, that we are closer to the coming of Jesus than ever before. And what I have seen during this time on a wonderful platform called Facebook and Instagram and everybody that has an opinion is that everyone is so concerned about the sign and the time and when it's going to happen. And friends, I want to say that the day and the hour we do not know. Scripture is clear on that. And instead of it becoming a big eschatological, that's a very big word, and I'll try and say that in Afrikaans, no, I won't. Um, But we get so consumed about the when and the where, instead of saying, we recognize the signs, we recognize the times, now what must we do? What must we do? because we know that we are living in the last days. We are living closer to the return of Jesus than ever before. And this might, you might think, what a heavy topic for a Friday evening (laughs) at an equip. But I felt this evening that there is a call going out and there is an invitation going out to us this evening. There is a call from the Holy Spirit going out there's an invitation from the Holy Spirit to say, would you prepare the bride for Christ's return? You see, we can, we can get all wound up in end time theology and who's gonna go first and are we gonna go through trials or aren't we and how's it gonna look and is the heaven gonna be here or there and where are we gonna be and when are we gonna get taken out? When actually it's about the time that we have left, what must we do with that? And I feel as leaders tonight and those that love Jesus, those that are believers and disciples and followers of Jesus, the question this evening that we need to ask and answer is what are we going to do until Jesus comes back? What are we going to do with the time that we have left until Jesus comes back? And just as John got up to share, I saw him open his uh, book with many notes. <laughs> and uh, it's a man that you can see is well prepared. And John, I don't really know anything about your life or what you do in a sense, but I just felt like in the time that you have left until Jesus returns, that there are manuscripts and books within you that need to come out, that need to be published, that need to be able to go and reach people further than you would be able to get to. And I just felt like the Lord say that there is a I don't know if there's a publisher that you're already connected with, but there's someone that he wants to connect you with to say that your voice is going to go louder and it's going to go further than your physical body could ever go. It will even go beyond you as you take that which he has placed within you. And part of you readying the bride for Christ's return is that which is in you needs to come out of you onto pages that people can read. And so I just wanted to encourage you in that. And so there's a call going out to the church. There's a call going out to us as believers to say, what are we going to do before Jesus comes back? What is there to do? And friends, Jesus is not coming back for a church building. As beautiful as this church building is, he's not coming back for the church building. He's not coming back for the worship team. He's not coming back for a movement or a flow. He's not coming back for a committee or whatever it is. He is only coming back for a bride. We're gonna read in the scriptures, if we turn to Ephesians 5 verse 27, and it says, we, this is the only thing that Jesus is coming back for, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot and blemish that is holy. He's not coming back for ministries he's not coming back for your achievements he's coming back for a bride without spot blemish or wrinkle a bride that is holy a bride that is devoted to him a bride that loves him with all her heart that has given her life to serving and preparing for his return and so jesus is coming back for a bride and he's saying would you be one of those that would prepare the bride for his return And not only that you would prepare someone else, but like John so wonderfully spoke this evening, but that we would prepare ourselves for his return. And as I am holy and pure and blameless like Jesus, I then in turn help others to become holy, pure and blameless before Jesus. That is the bride that Jesus is coming back for. That is what his return is all about. (laughs) It's to present him with this beautiful bride, to say, Jesus, this is yours. Have you ever, I love watching um, reels on TikTok, yes, I do watch TikTok, where the bride comes down the aisle and then the, the groom stands there and he sees her coming around the corner and the, and the little lip starts quivering. Some of them just break down and do the whole ugly cry. love it. But man, can you imagine that day when Jesus comes back and he sees us as his bride? And you know what? We are called, we are invited tonight to help prepare that bride so that when she walks down the aisle, his breath is taken away. Oh, wow. This is what I have longed for my whole life, for eternity, literally, for that bride. That is what Jesus is coming back for. And I'd love for us to read in Revelation 19, verse 6 to 8. It says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, the roar of rushing waters. And loud and like loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready His bride has made herself ready who not someone else she made herself ready fine linen bright and clean was given her to wear fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people see friends we can stand and say "Oh, well, Jesus is coming back I'm saved I've got my ticket to heaven I'm good not sure about the rest of you but I'm, I'm great it says he is coming back and she made herself ready for his return and we make ourselves ready, and we are also part of the collective bride that make each other ready for his return. And it says she wore fine linen, and I love it. They say, "The fine linen and I can't go into all the detail, but it speaks about the fact that that is the works of service, the works of obedience, the righteous acts of the saints that are done. That is woven into her garment. Isn't that beautiful? As we walk down the aisle and Jesus sees us coming. He goes, I see how you witnessed to that person. I see how you gave. I see how you serve. I see your acts of obedience. I see you praying for that one that was sick. I see you praying for that one that was demonized. Those works of obedience are woven into our garment as we are presented before him. And can I say nobody can weave that into our garments other than ourselves. I cannot say yes on John's behalf. God asks him to do something and I go, "Oh, sure, no problem." Now only he has rewards for his works of obedience. He can only present his righteous acts before the Father one day. If you read about the wedding, and I know for men It's sometimes a hard thing for us to get our heads around. Well, for you to get, no problem for me. I've been dreaming about a wedding dress since I was five. I'm still yet to wear one, but we're holding out for that. For men to think, I'm the bride of Christ. But I want to put the context of why they write about the wedding and the bride, why that's used in the Bible. And so this was written... In a Hebrew culture so the culture of the time they were hebraic and what used to happen you didn't come and visit and say "Ha, I like your daughter I'd like to date you that sort of wasn't their culture <laughs> the man would come to the father's house and the family would be there you can just picture this whole bunch of Hebrew guys sitting around and this poor young Hebrew man walks into the room and he came with a, cu- a glass of wine or a cup of wine and he would say to the father I want to make a covenant or a contract with you to marry your daughter and so firstly the father had to agree but then the wife did or the prospective wife did have a little bit of say and if she took the wine and she drank the wine just think of the parallel of this we'll explain it now if she drank the wine the blood the wine it meant that she was in agreement with the yes that her father was giving what would then happen is he would give a special gift to the bride so he would say "Oh, charlotte my bride i need to go and prepare a place for you he would go back to his father's house to build a room on for his bride and he'd say to her i have a special gift there's a hebrew word for it which we won't go into. tonight he gives her this gift and this gift they say that he left with her was to be able to help her To stay devoted, to stay undistracted, to stay holy and chaste for their wedding night, and for her to keep her hands busy with making and weaving her wedding garment until he came back. And this special gift that he gave her, he left with her. And then he would go back to his father's house and go and basically build a room on. I know, ladies, there cannot be anything worse than knowing you're going to move in with your mother-in-law. But anyway, but he'd go and build a little granny flat onto the house. And then it says that in the middle of the night, he would come with all his groomsmen. They'd come in the dead of night when everyone was sleeping. It was apparently like a bit of a game. And they would come, and then the groomsmen would shout in the streets, "The bridegroom has come! The bridegroom has come!" And then all the virgins and the bridesmaids of the of the bride would say, oh, "We've been waiting for him to come." And then the wedding feast would happen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's the context in which we are reading these scriptures. And I don't know if you've been able to find the parallel. But the bridegroom came as jesus came to earth and he says if you are prepared to drink of my blood if you are prepared to believe in the blood of christ that was shed for you if you are prepared to drink that cup you accept that covenant in salvation in that moment of salvation and then you say i will keep myself holy i will keep myself devoted and i will stay busy and fruitful until you come back Jesus from your father's house where you prepare room And then you will come and you will call for me in the middle of the night Isn't that beautiful? I just think man that is such a powerful picture of our life on earth. It's the redemption story And friends that is what we have been called to do We have been called as we have taken that cup of the covenant of salvation It says that he left her a gift. Who knows what the gift was? He gave her the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives us, well he didn't give her the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it signifies the fact that he gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the power of the Holy Spirit because he knew that if he didn't leave us the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to stay devoted. We wouldn't be able to stay holy. We wouldn't be able to fulfill the great call and the great commission and be fruitful and do the works of obedience He's called us to. Friends, we are the bride of Christ. And God has called us to be devoted in this hour to be devoted brides that look into his eyes only, that are not distracted by the TikToks and the social media and the politics of the day and the vaccines and the non-vaccines and the whatnots. He said, keep your eyes fixed on me and I'm coming back for you. Do not be distracted, do not look to the left or to the right. He says, learn to be with me, be with Jesus. I love a good Netflix series, especially the medical dramas. They're particularly awesome. I think I've watched all the Chicago's, whatever there is. But Frenzy has not called us to be devoted to Netflix and TikTok. See, devotion looks like time. Any wife will tell you that. (laughs) Men, you can write that down. Devotion looks like time. He's coming back for a bride that is devoted he's calling us to make disciples and prepare the bride for those that are devoted let us help others to learn how to be with Jesus says he's coming back for a bride that is holy that knows how to be like Jesus a bride that doesn't have her truth because that's the way it makes me feel There's an absolute truth, and that is the truth of the Word of God. He's coming back for a bride that can keep herself holy and pure and blameless without spot or blemish, that doesn't vacillate her truth depending on whose room and which environment they're in. We won't scratch that one. And he's coming back for a bride that knows how to be obedient. Tyron always quotes this and he says, someone says, so someone says, Tyron says, that Jesus' love language is obedience. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Do what I command. A bride that, as John said, we know who is Lord, and he is and we are not. And so we say, yes, Jesus. So that when we walk down that aisle one day to meet him face to face, that our works of obedience are woven into our garment. That is the bride he's coming back for. And instead of getting caught up in when he's coming back and how he's coming back and how it's going to look, That's what we need to busy ourselves with, is preparing the bride for Christ's return. That is in ourselves and to others. I want us to quickly turn to Matthew 25. I'm not sure if they'll have this up on the screen. But this is a passage that follows... So you have Matthew 24, where you have all the signs of the time, that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and they have all these things which we can sort of see playing out quite clearly at the moment on our news. That's in Matthew 24. And then the disciples say to him, tell us what it will look like. That was the question he was answering. What it will look like at that time. And he gives them all the signs. But then instead of him saying, okay, we're going to give you a date and a time, he says, you're not going to know the time. But this is what you need to be doing. And he gives the strategy for how to endure until the end. How to be that bride without spot or blemish or wrinkle. And it says, at at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Think of what I explained about the Hebrew wedding. So the ten virgins are the bridesmaids that are waiting for the bridegrooms to come five of them were foolish and five were wise the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them the wise ones however took oil in jars along with their lamps the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep does that not feel like sometimes what's happened in the church we have become drowsy and fallen asleep at midnight the cry rang out Here's the bridegroom, friends, tonight I feel that there is that call going out, it's the prophetic voice in this time crying out, saying get ready, the bridegroom is coming, get ready, the bridegroom is coming, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him, then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps, called possibly the great awakening of our time. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, you go, um, sorry, instead go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. because oil costs. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut later the others also came lord lord they said open the door for us but he replied truly i tell you i don't know you therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour that is a scary passage of scripture for me because can i say this was not written for unbelievers this passage of scripture was written to believers It was written to the church which means that there are some of us that might not make it might not make that day in revelation it speaks about that we would be those that overcome and endure till the end if we want to be those that overcome that endure to the end as the devoted holy obedient ones then friends our lamps need to be full of the holy spirit and his anointing remember the bridegroom left that special gift for the bride he said without this you will not endure until i come back but that gift helped her to endure until he came back and i feel in this time like never before have we always needed the holy spirit absolutely but can i say the anointing of god The smearing of the anointing and the power and the presence of God upon our lives and in our lives is needed at this time, I feel, more than ever in history. Because that which we are going to face, that which is going to come against us, possible persecution, which I do believe the church will face. I have absolutely no idea how we will do that without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, when you have to stand up for what is true, when you need to preach from the pulpit, what is possibly going to land you in jail? When my choice for holiness goes against the law of the land, what is going to help me to stand and endure? Definitely not me. Because I know myself. I'm not going, you're on your own, I'm out of here. but it's that anointing of the holy spirit within us that helps us to stand that helps us to keep our eyes fixed on him that helps us to stand through persecution that helps us to be holy devoted that helps us in those works of obedience that are sometimes not going to be easy we need to make sure that our lamps are full that our lamps Have the oil of the holy spirit in and can i say they said to the the virgins that hadn't brought any oil with they said to them no go and buy some for yourself the oil is costly the oil doesn't come by a quick fix on a sunday morning in a meeting doesn't come by a quick hey i made it to home group this week I'm gonna make it it comes by daily abiding knowing that I cannot endure I cannot remain devoted I cannot remain holy pure and obedient to the call without being full and saturated with the oil of the Holy Spirit and may I say just for a for a second because I know there might be some people in the room when i talk about the anointing and the holy spirit and the oil of the anointing immediately you have a preconceived idea of what that looks like for some of you it's those crazy people that shake let, rattle and roll <laughs> some of you it's like i've got a fast for 50 days and then maybe the holy spirit will come i need to be i need to be doing x y and z to be able to receive the holy spirit Can I say, my name's Jimmy, and I'll take whatever you give me. I love the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I definitely don't have a preconceived idea of how he's going to fill me. And I'll take it in whatever format he wants, as long as I'm full, as long as I'm able to draw from him. And can I say sometimes that looks like worship and God arrives in worship in the meeting and sometimes that looks like me washing my dishes and packing the dishwasher and saying Holy Spirit I need you sometimes it looks like me going to shop for things that we need at the church and as I'm driving in my car just say Holy Spirit how I need you how I long for you I know the weakness of my flesh Would you come and fill me with what I need for this hour? As a leader, as a believer, as a disciple, would you fill me so that I can be obedient to whatever it is you ask me to do? See, when we have a preconceived idea, we put it in a box. When we feel like we have to do something to earn it, that's religion. The Holy Spirit is a free gift. He says in John 4, when he speaks to the woman at the well, he says, just come, it's a free gift, it's yours. You don't need to do anything. Hunger draws it. And sometimes that looks like a moment in a meeting and wonderful times in worship, which I love, but sometimes That looks like taking the garbage bags out, saying, Holy Spirit, would you come? You see, anointing is not one moment. Being full of the Holy Spirit, having our oils and our lamps full, is a lifestyle of moments. It's staying hungry over a long period of time. And can I say that is what the church needs right now. I love the word revival. That which is dead comes alive. But I also love the word awakening. Because when the church has fallen asleep, we need an awakening. And that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Could I maybe have the music team up that would be... Really helpful. It's got very quiet in the room. I'm trusting that's sober conviction and not Friday night yawns. There's a call going out tonight and there's an invitation connected to that call saying, would you prepare the bride for his return? Firstly, would you prepare yourself as the bride by being full of him, being devoted, being holy, being obedient and fruitful? But then would you be those that would help others and prepare them for Christ's return? You see, it's easy to make sure that we're okay and my family's okay. But are your neighbors okay is your shopkeeper okay is your petrol attendant okay are they going to be a part of that bride that comes down the aisle to meet their jesus there's a couple sitting in the front here Uh, you've got a fairly long john's going to talk to you about that beard and that haircut but uh, I just felt for you as you were sitting there that there is such a call and a mandate on your lives to prepare his bride and I know that's for all of us but I feel like the place that God has put you he strategically put you there it wouldn't have necessarily been by your choice but there was something in your heart that said there are people that are lost, there are people that are broken, and there are people in need of a shepherd. And you said, God, we will do it. And I wanna say to you this evening that the applause of heaven over your life rings out this evening. There's an applause over the works of obedience, the righteous acts of these two saints that said, yes, Lord because there are people that need you there are those that are not yet part of the bride there are those that are broken that are not fully living in what it is that god's called them to and god says well done on being courageous for saying we will go we will do it we'll put up our hands (laughs) and i just feel like there's been such a season of having to sow some really hard ground it's felt like it's been hard ground that's had to be like hit and plowed up. But I saw the rain of the Spirit coming. And I just felt like there's such a hunger within you for the Holy Spirit to come. Because you know that you actually don't have what it takes. That's a great place to get to. And I felt like that, ro- that rain is coming to soften the soil. And he says, the harvest is coming. Do not be discouraged. The harvest is coming. The harvest is plentiful. And so Father, I pray for this couple as they sit there this evening. Father, I pray that you would fill their jars where they have poured out, where they have poured out, where they have poured out. I pray for fresh legs, fresh arms for the task and the journey. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring the harvest where they have labored and they have plowed, that you would bring. He is the Lord of the harvest. And i thank you for that in jesus name thank you father i thank you father that they are the repairers of broken walls they are the repairers of broken hearts broken families and that what they will do where that is that you've put them will bring transformation to families and to communities in jesus name thank you father and i'm going to invite you not for me to see but really, just this is a moment of response that um, giving me some good preaching tips, John. I wrote them all down. For us to respond to that call and that invitation this evening. To say, Lord, would you help me to make myself ready for your return? If we've been messing around with sin, if we've been messing around with the truth, tonight we say, Lord, come. I want to be devoted, pure and holy, obedient to your call. And then we want to say, yes, Lord, we will be those that would prepare your bride for your return. Would you stand in response to that? And you don't have to, I can hardly see you in this bright light. But it's it's a response to heaven. It's a response to him. And this evening, we respond to you, Holy Spirit. We respond to you, Jesus. Oh, we want, to, we want to see you on that day. We want to see your eyes light up with joy and delight as your bride presents herself to you without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, where we come with the works of obedience and our acts of service before you, and we say, here, it's all for you, Jesus. It's all for you, Jesus. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.